Number one story on the AustinTexasTimes.com website right now. Austin journalist permanently banned from Twitter for truthful tweet about COVID. That journalist who got permanently banned from Twitter is me, Teddy Roosevelt, due to multiple or repeat violations of the Twitter rules. And as I wrote in the first paragraph, no matter what your political affiliation, it is chilling and terrifying that American reporters are being banned from arguably the world's most valuable platform for journalists for tweets that are 100% truthful and verifiable. It's especially chilling when you consider just last week I broke the bombshell story about Austin City Council's absolutely insane plan to have the scandal-ridden California nonprofit Urban Alchemy run the downtown Arch homeless shelter. This is not a partisan discussion here, folks. This is about the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. And our First Amendment rights are being violated. And I mean, it was happening before. Alex Jones, September 2018, they wiped him off the internet. Um, Two weeks before, or the week before, the... Owen, uh, Owen Schroer and Rob Dew, two reporters for InfoWars. Um, we're going to hold a protest for the Texas stay-at-home order. Uh, this is April 16th. Both of them got banned. Both of them got banned. I went down to that rally that day, and you'll see some videos on AustinTexasTimes.com. Looks like we were right. We were totally right to protest the draconian lockdowns. They did nothing to prevent people from getting COVID, spreading COVID, dying from COVID. Uh, The hypocrisy of who was allowed to gather and who wasn't allowed to gather should have told everyone that this wasn't about science. When they said, remember all the doctors signed a letter? Oh, well, racism is more dangerous than COVID, so it's okay if people go outside and protest. Based on what scientific experiment was that ushered in, the threat of racism is more dangerous than COVID, which was going to kill everybody. So, seems like Twitter has a real big problem with people in Austin, Texas, who are trying to share the truth about what's going on here with COVID, especially with COVID. As I said last night, you know, people who had things to say about COVID in April and May that got them to platform, May 2020, they turned out to be 100% correct. Naomi Wolf, um, Dr. Naomi Wolf, she is on my substack, teddybroosevelt.substack.com. You can see my list of 12 journalists that I recommend. Dr. Naomi Wolf is one of them. She is not a far right-wing person. Dr. Wolf is a world-renowned lecturer and defender of women's rights. She worked as an advisor on women's issues for the Bill Clinton re-election campaign and also the Al Gore 2000 presidential campaign. She is the co-founder of a website I've mentioned on here a couple times before, dailyclout.io. And what dailyclout.io is, is the main... Um, clearinghouse, if you will, for all of the FOIA docs that Pfizer is now required to release every 30 days that they wanted to take 50 or 60 years to do. So brand new story on dailyclap.io today from Naomi Wolf. Um, she was looking through some of the docs from their latest FOIA lawsuit against the big tech companies. They just found from the CDC press group that they coordinated with Twitter and actually highlighted one of Naomi Wolf's tweets in the FOIA request. So she didn't know until yesterday or today that they were actually citing her tweets. Hey, this is an example of who you want to target and de-platform. What was her violation? She simply noted that hundreds of women were experiencing menstrual, menstrual side effects And this could use a little bit more investigation. How controversial. A woman who's reported on women's health issues for 35 years and noted that hundreds of women were experiencing side effects with menstrual issues and it should be more investigated. They banned her. 
Shortly after they identified it for misinformation, she was deplatformed and a global attack from leg legacy media uh, began and sought to undermine her reputation that she built for almost four decades. Um, she had previously went back through her Twitter timeline and deleted any tweets that she thought um, might have been poorly worded or might have been used to uh, discredit her. So only Twitter could have retrieved those deleted tweets. Somehow, the tweets that she deleted were magically being resurfaced in the legacy media. Total coordination behind the scenes with big tech, the CDC, and the legacy media to credit Naomi Wolf as she described it as batshit crazy. Mad and batshit crazy. Here we are, August 2022, and she has a best-selling book on Amazon, Naomi Wolf, called The Bodies of Others. She is just one of my favorite writers of 2022. And turns out NIH studies confirm vaccinated women have an average of an extra day per month of menstrual bleeding. Some vaccinated women have two periods per month. Ten-year-old girls started menstruating right after they got vaccinated. Postmenopausal women, postmenopausal women suffered uterine bleeding after vaccination. Some vaccinated women suffer from uterine casting. And predictably, Naomi Wolf notes that spontaneous abortion, miscarriage, and neonatal deaths for vaccinated mothers are up 34% in Israel and 200% in Scotland. This woman simply had the audacity to say, hey, it seems like there's hundreds of these cases with women having menstrual issues, and we should investigate this. If the CDC would have listened when she said it and actually directed public resources to investigate this instead of directing public resources to silence responsible journalists who were sounding the alarm, they could have prevented literally thousands of women who have suffered serious physical harm and their fertility may be permanently impacted. For a woman, a lot of women, that is their number one Goal, that is our number one mission in life from a primal, primal um, point of view, is to procreate, to reproduce our species, to reproduce, pass on our DNA. And it is absolutely terrifying that journalists like Dr. Naomi Wolf and Austin's own legendary independent journalist, Teddy Roosevelt, Multimedia, I have done videos, I've taken drones over homeless camps. I've made videos that got 10,000 views on Twitter about the homeless fires. I've written articles. I've saved Austin taxpayers $20 million just from going through their awful, corrupt Austin City Council. It should seriously terrify everyone. And, and Dr. Naomi Wolf is considering bringing up a civil and criminal case, civil, civil and criminal charges against the CDC because it's no understatement to say that all women in the United States have been harmed by an attack on women's health journalism. I mean, for them to go after Naomi Wolf, again, what they did to me, permanently banning me from Twitter, should outrage everybody, no matter what your political affiliation especially considering the tweet is 100% truthful and verifiable. If they've done this now for COVID, what else are they going to do it for? Climate climate change? If you have the audacity to say, oh, well, you know these offshore wind turbines? It seems like these offshore wind turbines, well, they actually use more oil than a natural gas. They, they emit more greenhouse gases just during the five years of surveying the ocean bed. Than a greenhouse, than a natural gas uh, uh, power plant does. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind when I add it up and just looking at all of the nautical miles, you've got ships that are sailing eight, nine times around the earth. That's just one of about a dozen ships involved with the five year surveying process. So, climate's next. I mean, and then, and then what is, what is next? Um, you can't criticize the government. That's pretty much what this is. 
you are getting banned like we are in communist China. They're banning reputable journalists who are backing up their work and their reporting with facts and research and Twitter saying, we don't like what you have to say, so we're going to kick you off. It doesn't even matter if it's true or not, Naomi Wolf. It doesn't matter, Teddy Roosevelt, that uh, Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci both got four shots of the vaccine, and then they both take took Paxlovid. Then they both got rebound effects from Paxlovid. And oh, by the way, Paxlovid, half of it is Ritnaver, which is an antiviral pill that prevents HIV from multiplying in your body. And maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't ingest powerful HIV pills to treat a mild respiratory virus, especially when the fact sheet from the from the FDA to healthcare provider says, this isn't approved for pre or post treatment of COVID. It's an emergency. Use it at your own discretion. So yeah, let's take an HIV pill, grandpa, to fight off a respiratory virus. There's no way I would ever let anyone that I cared about take that pill. Any doctor that recommended it, I'd cut them off. Um, it is ridiculous. You can see in this post on austintexastimes.com, Twitter's been creating fake reasons to kick me off their platform all year. You know, anytime I had the audacity to mention ivermectin or Paxlovid, they'd give me a suspension right away. And I would reply back, these are 100% truthful tweets that are backed up with links and proof. How can you suspend me for this? And usually they review it and reinstate me. But you know what that had the effect of? It was it was a form of censorship because I was self-censoring my tweets. You were not getting the 100% Teddy Roosevelt experience on Twitter. You were getting the 70% Teddy Roosevelt experience because 30% of the stuff that I would tweet and I did believe about, I just didn't do it because I didn't want to lose the audience of 2,400 people that I'd built up since January 2020. So one of the tweets that I wrote last month was a tweet that I posted along with a video from Dr. Peter McCullough. Texas cardiologist, the most published cardiologist in his field. He interviewed with Joe Rogan right around Christmas of last year, I believe it was. And I wrote, there was an organized effort by Big Pharma and their obedient PR media puppets to suppress any early treatment options for COVID. Twitter Twitter just slams any of those screen grabs. There was much better spacing. So... Let me reread it because I I was going to do a run-on sentence. There was an organized effort by Big Pharma and their obedient PR media puppets to suppress any early treatment options for COVID. Space, enter. The World Health Organization calls ivermectin a wonder drug. Period, space. It's been used by billions of people. Enter, space. The media told us it's veterinary medicine for horses. That is all true. That is all 100% true. Peter McCullough testified under oath here in Texas, and he testified in front of Congress. In in Texas, he said he thinks up to 85% of COVID-19 deaths could have been prevented with early treatment. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, a Z-pack. You know, the same thing that Joe Rogan, Aaron Rodgers, Dana White, A lot of other people said they used and kicked it to the curb in 24 to 48 hours. Gee, what did did Dana White and Aaron Rodgers and Joe Rogan have money in ivermectin or vitamin D? Or, you know, did they stand to make a huge financial windfall for pushing this treatment? No. They were just trying to share it for, oh my God, maybe the good of human health. And just to let people know they could fight it. So that was one that I protested and they said teddy you're right we're reinstating you after two days may 2022 here's what i got suspended for another tweet anyone who was thinking about taking five paxlovid pills for 895 dollars to fight covid needs to read this article and understand that ivermectin is a proven wonder drug 50 percent of paxlovid is an hiv drug 
Here are the top 10 astonishing facts about the wonder drug ivermectin with a link to a post that I wrote on another website I have, hugepatriot.com. That tweet and that article, I got all those top 10 facts, I think eight of the 10, from the World Health Organization. They used to have a six-page PDF dedicated to ivermectin and the, the wonders of it. That PDF has mysteriously vanished from their page. Gee, that's kind of weird. That just vanished from their page, almost like the uh, all the COVID data that people are just disappearing, and you can't find it on the internet, internet Wayback Machine. So, again, what the constant suspensions and having to appeal them, A, it, it, it just gets tired, and you just get tired and exhausted. That's what they want to do. They want you to just throw your hands up in there and give up. Okay, Twitter, you're right, and then they want me to accept it. See, that's the thing is when you get a suspension from Twitter, they go, here's the tweet, delete this tweet, and then we'll start the timer to get you back. When you ex delete it, you're accepting that Twitter is right. And so you're, put, you're accepting that you got a strike. So they've been trying to get, according to the Alex Berenson um, lawsuit against Twitter, they have a five-strike policy against their potentially harmful or misleading information about COVID. You can see all these tweets, and they've accepted my appeal a couple times. I appealed this most recent one that I had about Paxlovid and Fauci and, and Biden, and they said, nope, sorry, it's done. This is it, Teddy. You are off. At first, they locked me. Then they suspended me. Then at four in the morning, they said, you're done. Sorry. So, do I have a case? I think I do have a case. Can I get a lawyer to do a pro bono thing? Maybe if it's a slam dunk. I don't know how much more of a slam dunk it gets than this. I mean, they were quadruple vaxxed. They both got Paxlovid rebound. The drug is made from H an HIV drug. Seems pretty cut and dry to me, so I'm still sort of thinking about what I'm going to do um, with this. I did write the article again, austintexastimes.com. Please share it with some people. Again, there's a lot of journalists that have been banned here in Austin. Alex Jones, Owen Schroyer, Rob Dew, all with InfoWars. The trial's going on right now. And again, the trial is absolutely ridiculous. If you put... Alex Jones and Owen Schroyer under the same um, criteria for the media, you could put everybody in the media on trial for damages. Trump, I mean, look at Kyle Rittenhouse. Look at uh, Nick Sandman. I mean, that, that, sh that right there, I was hoping the media would, would back off and chill out after the Sandman thing. Maybe not. But um, these lockdowns caused a lot of problems. When you look, they're banning people like Owen Shore and Rob Dew for protesting against the lockdowns when it turns out the lockdowns had no effect. Just look at the country-to-country -country data. And it certainly did cause millions of people to have physical and mental health issues. Sitting inside, cut off from their family, cut off from their friends, social distancing, wearing masks. Couldn't we, as American citizens, present a... Pretty, pretty bona fide class action lawsuit against the CDC, the FDA, the media. I mean, it, it, has there ever been a moment in American history where the press is being actively silenced and there's proof? I mean, Naomi Wolf wouldn't have discovered it without this FOIA request. The fact that we have to take these government agencies to court to for the Freedom of Information Act request, and she sees to her horror that one of her tweets is included as the targeted tweets. Hey, this is one of the ones, this is one of the, you know, remember they said the top six super spreaders of misinformation? Alex Berenson was one of them. Alex Berenson's been 100% right about everything. Do I agree with him about everything? No. Uh, I don't think he's right about ivermectin. But he's staying on it. 
he's staying on it. And I encourage you to go to alexberenson.substack.com and read the top posted article, Catch-22 mRNA style, where he just talks about the problems that are going to require legal intervention. Um, Think about this. They gave the vaccine companies full immunity. So I don't think we can sue them. But these problems are a national level problems. If we can um, prove fraud, I think that if you prove fraud, then their immunity, their shield drops. So you just look. I mean, look what happened with the opioid case. I, I'm pretty sure more people have taken the vaccine than have taken opioids. Look what happened. Purdue Pharma's bankrupt. Insys Therapeutics no longer exists. The chairman of Insys Therapeutics, he once was a billionaire. He's now sitting in a jail cell in federal prison for five and a half years. That's what we stepped in with opioids. More than 200 million Americans took these COVID shots and more than a billion people worldwide. The most industrial advanced nations on our planet, the majority of the adults in those countries got injected with at least one, two, three, four, maybe even five experimental gene therapy shots. And we don't have any clinical data. Remember, they destroyed the control group. So what we would have to do is reverse engineer the data where we would have to make sure, all right, let's get some people who were unvaccinated at the same time that these people were vaccinated that have a similar health profile and then we'll track them for years and we'll see how their overall health changed. But we can't do that because in early 2021, just a few months after their clinical trial started, Pfizer and Moderna, hey, guess what? People in the placebo group who didn't get the vax, we're going to offer these to you. The people who got saline instead of RMNA, mRNA, you know, COVID's so serious, we're just going to offer you the shots. And almost everybody in the placebo group said, go right ahead. I mean, obviously, if they were volunteering themselves to be an experimental guinea pig for the vaccine trial, they definitely wanted to get the real one. They wanted to get the real thing. So what that happened, Pfizer and Moderna, they knew exactly what they were doing. They ended the clinical trials effectively because they destroyed the comparison group. Everyone in the trial ended up getting the vaccine. That 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 ruined the whole the whole plan. So, you know why the regulars allowed it? They go, "Ah, oh, well, the vaccine's already approved to be safe. How about the long-term pro- problems?" Ah, they seem pretty unlikely. So, we don't need to collect the long-term data. And if we denied the people in the placebo group access to these miracle vaccines, well, that would be unethical of us. So the big thing is we don't have any data on the mRNA vaccines. They work in a totally different way than the other vaccines. The other vaccines, you take a little piece of the virus and you shoot it in there into your body and your immune system learns how to fight it off. The mRNA vaccines have a synthetic spike protein that has shown evidence of toxicity with repeated use, and most importantly of all, they had never been used before in humans outside of a handful of the clinical trials. And those trials are supposed to last for 10 years for a regular vaccine, 15 years for a gene therapy shot. And I mean, remember, you I've gotten a couple of suspensions for even calling it a gene therapy shot. And that's what Moderna's uh, language says. It is a gene therapy shot and it should have a 15-year runway because it's used to treat stuff like cancer and it's serious and the way that it impacts your immune system. Somebody at some point who had a soul and some ethics and some morals in the United States government said, we need 15 years to test these bad boys out. So blowing up these trials was arguably the most unethical thing that they could have done because we have no way to compare. So just a horrible decision. That is the regulatory apparatus of the United States government, the CDC, and the FDA 
collapsing and failing or it is just so compromised from the money from Big Pharma, the lobbyists, people going back and forth from the government to the private sector. It's, it's all jacked up and the whole thing needs to be blown up. Because right now the vaccine companies have total legal immunity from any civil lawsuits in the USA. There's no way to sue them. There's no discovery process. The possibility of criminal prosecution is highly unlikely. Alex Berenson said it's extraordinarily unlikely. So they need probable cause and actual evidence of fraud. Just look, how many white-collar criminals... I mean, it's got to be an Enron. It's got to be a. It has to be a high-profile. You know, thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people got harmed from it, and uh, there has to be a smoking gun. And there's not pharmaceutical industry cases. They're rare. They're slow. Um. So, they've got. It, it, it just looks like they, 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 they're not going to be brought to justice. So who, who, do we, who do we go after here? The CDC or the FDA? Big Pharma? It is up to just brave citizens like Naomi Wolf, people doing FOIA requests. I just have to have faith that the truth is going to come out. You know, and you look at the data. All we need to do is look at the countries that heavily use the mRNA vaccines they have endless endless COVID. As Igor Chudoff, another uh, awesome writer on my Substack, teddybroosevelt.substack.com, you'll see the recommended reads. And I know I'm, I'm sending them some uh, <clears throat> some new subscriptions. It shows uh, on Substack some really cool stats. Hey, how many people have subscribed to these? Um, how many people signed up to your Substack and then subscribed to these people? So it warms my soul to know that other people are reading the same data and um, understand what's going on. As I said yesterday, the comments on Substack are the most intelligent comments on the internet. It shows you the level of intellect among the readerships on Substack. And the reason why Substack's blowing up is people simply do not trust the media. The faith in a number of our institutions has collapsed, but arguably the scariest is the collapse in the media that average everyday citizens don't feel like there's anyone standing guard and watching the people in charge, the people in power, the power brokers. Instead, we went from a Woodward and Bernstein broke Watergate, everyone wanted to be the Woodward and Bernstein, the hard-hitting reporters, and you had multiple examples. The Boston Globe broke uh, out the Catholic Church child sex abuse scandal. It was a great movie. I forget um, the name of that movie. It was nominated for uh, Best Picture that year. But there's many examples in the history of U.S. journalism from muckrakers like Upton Sinclair with The Jungle totally revolutionized the meatpacking industry. Um, there's examples... It is chilling to think there's nobody keeping an eye out. They're either untalented or even worse, instead of holding the people in power accountable, they seem to want to kiss their ass and curry favor with them and somehow get on the, on the inside circle. It's almost like uh, reporters in Hollywood. You know, they, they, they want to kiss the movie star's ass and get on the set. They don't want to throw them under the bus. So that's probably a bad example, but it's a real example here in Austin, Texas. You know, it's funny. The Urban Alchemy story, everyone was talking about it on the radio. The two, only two print publication statesmen and the Austin Chronicle wrote major articles about it. None of the four TV stations covered it. KXAN, CBS, Fox, KVU. And uh, that's what's crazy here locally. You, the number one story for CBS Austin about, uh, let's just say there was a story about seven pet stores that have all gotten broken into in the last like four weeks. People are going in, they're hitting the register, they steal the shears, they steal anything that they think they can flip. So there's been seven of those. You, you have to go to each of the uh, news stations and only one of them has it covered. 
because you'll have these small business owners that they're just trying to get some coverage and they're contacting the TV stations and they have to hope that one of these lazy, untalented hacks will take some time to get out of bed and put on some clothes, get out of their PJs and go down there and investigate. So it's hilarious. Some of these business owners are bitching about the APD. Oh my God, I have the screwdriver that he used to break into my my place and it's got the fingerprints on it. I've got video of this guy breaking into my place. Well, folks, I don't know if you saw, Austin defunded the freaking Austin Police Department by $150 million. I don't know if you've been following the news, but they have had to shutter the Traffic Enforcement Department, the DUI Department. You never see a cop on the road in Austin unless the lights are going, are flashing, and they're flying to a 911 call. There's no one pulling people over for going 25 and a 15 in front of an elementary school. So... These people voted for the same people who wanted to defund the police in the wake of the George Floyd thing. And now they're crying because there's not a detective. Folks, they had to move the detectives. There used to be 30 or 40 detectives, I believe, on APD. They had to move almost all those detectives onto the beat, onto the patrol. And a lot of these detectives were older. They've served their time on the beat. They don't want to be the first guy on a murder scene. They have earned their keep and they're in the detective mode. They're out of there. They're if 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 they had to shut, you know, move them to back to patrol, they are trying to get the hell out of Austin as soon as possible. And it's not going to get any better anytime soon from a recruiting perspective. Just look at Seattle, Portland. I mean, it is absolutely go to oregonlive.com any day. These idiots legalize drugs. The best business you can start in Oregon right now is a cheap casket business. My buddy wanted to start a plywood casket business, particle board and plywood, because so many people are dying. And it's people who move to Oregon because it's a lawless environment with drugs everywhere. There's no ramifications, no punishment if you get caught. And I am a proponent for... Adult responsible drug use for some drugs, cannabis and psychedelic drugs, mushrooms, ketamine in a controlled environment. I'm telling you, I've read the studies, John Hopkins, you can treat depression that cannot be fixed with a pill from big pharma. If someone gets a heroic dose of a psychedelic drug in a in the right environment with a therapist, they can work through deep, deep issues from their childhood, from they were over in Iraq for Desert Storm. I am not a far right wing, ah, you shouldn't do any of this. I believe that in a controlled setting for some people, especially the psychedelics, can be very, very helpful for depression, PTSD, addiction, I mean, that's a study I would love to fund. These people who are addicted to fentanyl and meth, can we dose them with a heroic dose of mushrooms in a controlled setting and let them know they're ruining their lives and they're destroying their bodies? I mean, there are a ton of these experiments done by Johns Hopkins that it's, it's like an 85%. It's, it's something insane where 85% of the people who take a controlled dose of psilocybin with a therapist, which is psilocybin is the active uh, psychedelic drug in magic mushrooms. And it's like all of them say was the most profound spiritual experience of their entire lives. The one group I read, the studies, they were all late stage cancer, had six to 12 months to live. And you should just read the, the comments where they, just the way that they looked at death from being terrified of it to having a complete acceptance of it i mean just the results alone and you hear what some of these people have to say about death and how they're approaching death as someone with late stage cancer i mean we should be pouring money into that um there are a couple going off on a tangent there's a couple psychedelic stocks 
Field Trip and some of these other ones, but I, I was looking at them as possible investments because I think it's going to be a huge boon in the future. Field Trip, they're trying to make it synthetic. They're like, hey, congratulations, we just uh, synthesized psilocybin and we're going to give you magic mushrooms in a pill. Folks, that is not how nature intended it. Read Genesis, the opening two or three paragraphs. I mean, God put all these seeds and plants. What, he only put 80% of them for us? No, they all have a purpose. And they're meant to be done probably in the way that, that nature intended them. So I'm a huge proponent for cannabis. I am anti-cannabis concentrates, dabs. Nature didn't intend it to be consumed as an 85% THC thing. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that there's not a lot of mental health issues that are resulting from legalizing cannabis in its concentrated form. They should have let it al alone. They should just keep it as the flower, keep it as edibles. But I've personally known people who were doing dabs and I noticed their rate of speech and their IQ and just their general enthusiasm for getting stuff done drop precipitously. So I don't, I personally enjoy cannabis. I don't like the concentrates. I've done them before Thanksgiving, Super Bowl, you name it. But I, the, the whole point is with Oregon, they legalized everything up to drug dealer amounts for heroin, for fentanyl, and for every drug. So just to give you an idea, that's why I brought up the psychedelic drugs. For acid, you could have 40 hits of acid. No problem. That's legal. So just, just, just extrapolate that to all kinds of other drugs, heroin and everything else. So Oregon just created this crazy with people losing their mind. And then there's all kinds of drugs that are available that are accelerating their mental problems. So you just go to Oregon live.com today two people died in a one block radius at the homeless camp one got stabbed one got shot they asked the homeless worker she's like it's just this is an everyday thing now so i don't even know why i went off that on that tangent folks you are tuned into teddy Roosevelt, episode 22 you know i mentioned last night i'm trying to re um re reinvent how i do this show because right now i am rating marathon posts for a podcast and what I really want to do is make sure I do the podcast five days a week and don't feel like well every podcast has to come with an 800 do 1200 word expose um what I'm probably going to do is just bullet point the topics let you know how long it is give you some links maybe a couple images and bam get it out there and treat the posts separate as posts I am very intrigued. I think I'm going to start reading the posts and just doing more posts. If I don't have Twitter anymore, I'm going to start using Substack as Twitter, as my Twitter. And what that's going to mean is more frequent posts. So I think I'm going to go with more frequent and shorter and uh, try and have some consistency with the podcast. And I don't want to feel like I'm, I, I, I again, have to write this whole um, in-depth analysis of everything I just talked about. So really appreciate the positive feedback. Yo, I got an email from Clinton Rary running for District 1, Austin City Council. I've mentioned him and his wife multiple times on the past two shows. He said he wants to come on anytime. And remember, August 2022 is Food Month. I'm designated at Austin Food Month. And, uh, not Austin Food Month. So August 2022 is just Food Month. That's what I'm calling it. Teddy's embarking on a get rid of cholesterol and red meat for August at least and really attacking the fruits and vegetables and doing a lot of research. So as I mentioned, Clinton Rary running for city council, total inspiration in June 2021, he weighed 265 pounds. 
Today, when he sent this email this morning, he weighed 183 pounds. That is incredible. That's almost 100 pounds weight loss in one year. So I don't think we could have a better person on the show to kick this off. So I guarantee I'm going to have Clinton Rary on the show in the next week. We'll put it that way. In the next week. This weekend. Next weekend for sure. Um, there is a movie that I want everyone to watch before I start going super into the food stuff. And I'm going to put it up there today. And I think we're going to really go into the food stuff starting next week. But there's an amazing movie called Forks Over Knives. Some of you might have read it. Or uh, read the book or seen the documentary. It was on Netflix for a while. It is now, I have great news, it is now available for free. Forksoverknives.com. It's a plant-based diet documentary. Streaming for free. It's also on Amazon, iTunes, Tubi, you name it. And it's a hell of a story. Um, Forks Over Knives and then Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead is another one. Those two movies will really make you look twice at our our meat-based diet. So one of my best friends here in Austin, Brad Swales, a carnivore. He eats nothing but meat, 100% meat, and he looks like the healthiest person you've ever met. He is a glowing picture of health. So Brad said he might have me on the show, the Austin City Councilman podcast, so we might have to have a clash of the dietary philosophies when I go on there but the main thing that these movies tell you is a lot of chronic diseases heart disease type 2 diabetes can almost always be prevented and in many cases reversed by adopting a whole food plant-based diet so am I gonna go all plant no I'm going pescatarian I love sushi I love fish and I haven't seen enough research that that says i'm ready to kick fish to the curb and they have a lot of good cholesterol but the most encouraging thing and there's a book i'm reading the china study i'll put a link to this teddybroosevelt.substack.com china study is going to be the first book of the month club for august and forks over knives is going to be the first movie of the month club i want to get some community continuity going i want to get the comments going on substack more And I think it would be cool if people are watching the same movie, we are reading the same book, and then we can have a podcast and a um, podcast episode dedicated to each of those, what we learned, what we took away from it, and how we're going to implement what we learned to make ourselves healthier and happier people. So again, the China study shows that you could eat garbage for 40 years if you make a radical change to your diet you can reverse all that garbage you start eating broccoli instead of like uh ham and bacon that broccoli is gonna help just look how it's shaped it's gonna help get all the uh the plaque out of your arteries those little trees they're like little scrubbers so (laughs) we're gonna get into a lot more details the main thing is Go to obesity in the United States, and you'll just see the obesity level, folks, from 1980 to now. I mean, it used to be a crazy thing. When you saw saw someone who was super fat, you'd be like, oh, my God, look at that guy. Holy cow. That guy's huge. You, you didn't see it. It was only one out of every 10 Americans were obese. Now it's half are obese, not just overweight. I think overweight's like 70 So that's a problem. Do you know the number one reason why people get turned down to serve in the U.S. military? They're too fat. They're too fat. So they're talking about starting a boot camp for people to have boot camp so they can get in shape for actual boot camp. So Clinton Rary, combat veteran, would love to hear what he has to say. He sent me an email. I really appreciate y'all listening. And you are going to be coming on the show. Congratulations, Clinton. You have a permanent invitation, and I will reach out to you via email in the next 24 hours, and we'll set up a good place and time. I would love to come out and check out your garden. I can just tell by your timeline. We would hit it off in two seconds. Me and the Raries, they love dogs. They love growing stuff. 
They love America. They're not pretentious. They are down to earth human beings. I don't. I mean, I would bet everything that I own that that we would be colossally awesome friends just because they check all the boxes that I care about. So again, anyone hate listening to Teddy Roosevelt? I was a Democrat, registered Democrat here in Austin. Anyone who's seen that Elon Musk meme that ended up generating a bunch of articles, the political spectrum has just moved. No one who believes in liberal values thinks it's a good idea for journalists in America to be censored for telling the truth. Again, what is my infraction? Why did I get banned from Twitter? For saying stuff that they don't like? For saying stuff that Big Pharma doesn't like? For saying stuff that the CDC and FDA doesn't like? It's not about science. It's not about having a rigorous scientific debate. It is about squelching, deplatforming, censoring, and banning people who they disagree with. That is the most illiberal, fascist, communist bullshit I've ever heard. And I knew, you know, I've spoke up when Alex Jones got banned. Look at my timeline. You can't see it anymore. When Blue Canaries got banned, ask her. I sent probably 20 tweets Hey, Twitter, reinstate Blue Canaries. Hey, Elon, when you take over Twitter, reinstate Blue Canaries. I mean, Blue Canaries, there's no reason she should have been banned. There's no reason I should have been banned. And regardless of your political leanings, this is the First Amendment, folks. I mean, this is the First Amendment. Freedom of speech and freedom of the press. What is journalist journalism? Gathering data and reporting on it. In the media, that's what I was doing through four different streaming pl- platforms on the podcast, through a couple different websites, Substack, AustinTexasTimes.com, HugePatriot.com. I've got another one that I'm probably going to launch. I don't know. I'm reading this Cal Newport book, too, about digital minimalism, and he should probably tell me I just got to kill a couple of these sites and focus on uh, maybe just the Substack one, but... uh Folks, this is chilling. Seriously. If it happened to me, it could happen to you. Where's the line get drawn and for what topics? If they did this for me over Paxlovid rebound, what could they do to you? I mean, could it be medical? Could it be questioning uh, the science behind climate change? Could it be questioning the um, whether the elections were fair? You don't know. But that is the precedent that they're sending, where someone who is a journalist who just broke a huge story eight days ago is now banned from the platform. And when he appealed it, they said, nope, sorry, case closed, end of story. I mean, really, my only option is to sue him. And I don't, I'm not independently wealthy. I don't have a ton of money to embark on a legal saga with the likes of Twitter. So I'd have to rely on somebody from a John Grisham novel, some badass lawyer who just got out of college and he hates Twitter and loves the freedom, the First Amendment and freedom of speech. And he's going to take Teddy's case to federal court in San Francisco because just based on what Alex Berenson wrote, this, this is the perfect example of, of, of what he said where the judge laid out five strikes. That's their policy. Twitter laid that out. So they are breaching their own contract by making the five COVID strikes part of their policy and then kicking me off for telling the truth. I did not violate anything. I'm not spreading potentially harmful information. In fact, you could make a very compelling argument that Twitter is the one... By silencing me, they're causing potential harm by not allowing this information to get out there. I mean, I really hope Dr. Naomi Wolf sues the crap out of Twitter, the CDC, the FDA, because to me, it's not about... If I had money, I would I would totally be, be doing it. It's not about the cash. It's about the ethics and morals involved. And I have a couple degrees in communications. I took journalism law class. I know exactly um, what's legal and what's illegal. This is illegal. 
This is something you'd expect to happen in Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Turkey, China, where they throw you in jail, they disappear you, they put you on trial. I mean, just look what they're doing with Alex Jones right now, putting him on trial, asking Owen Schroyer, hey, you read the Zero Hedge story on the air. Shouldn't you have vetted that? Why are you reading stories from reporters you don't know? How do you know that it's real? Well, gee, every single media outlet in the world repeated the BuzzFeed steel dossier story, and that was totally fake. How much harm did that cause to U.S.-Russian relations? I mean, if Trump, Trump should be suing all these media people over all these hoaxes. You got to get aggressive. You got to you got to be on the offense. You got to be Nick Sandman, Kyle Rittenhouse, and there's a big payday. Because if you take the action and take them to court and lay out all the evidence, there's no way a judge and jury is agreeing with Twitter. If it's Teddy Roosevelt against Twitter in San Francisco federal court, and I laid it out, I mean, I got half a mind to defend myself. I mean, they're just the judge and Twitter, they would just catch me in little stupid um, procedural things and try and frustrate at me, but if there wasn't any procedural bullshit, if I just had to go up on the stand and defend myself and put Twitter on the stand and call them out, I have no doubt I could defend myself as a lawyer. I know exactly what they did wrong. I know that I'm 100% right in my heart, my soul, my brain. And you have my word, people out there who are listening, I'm not giving up. In fact, this lights a bigger fire under my ass because if we don't have our First Amendment rights, the Bill of Rights, we don't have our constitutional rights, we don't have anything. And the people who are just ignoring it or pretending, oh, that sucks for Teddy, he's gone. You could be next. You could be next. And it could be over something totally different. Could be you don't want an offshore wind turbine outside of your beach house in Corpus Christi. And you share some of the data that I put up on Substack and they ban you for sharing Teddy. That could happen. You protested, sorry. Climate change is an indisputable, scientifically agreed upon effect that's going to melt the whole planet unless we start banning anyone who disagrees. I mean, that's one thing. One thing that the scientific consensus, there is no universal scientific consensus because there's always scientists trying to test against the hypothesis. And the theory. So, sure, there is stuff that we've proven. Matter cannot be created or destroyed. I still have some questions about that one. But science is evolving. Science is pretty freaking new. The field of science is pretty new. I mean, they didn't believe, they thought 125 years ago, all diseases came from the air. They didn't think disease spread from contact, human to human contact. It was all from a dead carcass or, you know, something in the air. Because when a dead animal was around, well, people got sick. And, and, and that's true. Animals are the biggest spreader of bacteria, dead animal. But the man, the doctor who encouraged other doctors, hey, I think we need to start washing our hands. Maybe that's why all these babies are dying when we're delivering them is we're not washing our hands. They told this doctor... You're out of your mind. And I will have the details on this in episode 23. I'll tell you the whole story. But this doctor ended up getting put into the sane asylum. They put him in a straitjacket and put him in the loony bin because he thought he was going nuts. No one believes me that we should not deliver babies with dirty hands and maybe like our dirty hands are causing all the premature deaths of babies. And now it's a universally accepted. In fact, we even have gloves. They even have gloves. I mean, think about that. Science 120 years ago, they didn't think that you could you could spread germs and disease human to human contact. It sounds so bizarre. How could anyone think that? That was the universal scientific consensus. There's no such thing. It's not universal. So there are plenty of scientists out there, plenty of scientists who think climate change is a total hoax, it's being totally exaggerated, it's creating unnecessary fear 
in kids and causing all kinds of problems. I mean, how do you feel if you were 13 years old and you seriously felt by the time you were 30, the oceans were going to rise, it was going to be 150 degrees? It would be suffocating. It would be miserable. You would look around and be like, how come no one else cares as much as me? I, this is my planet. Doesn't anyone else realize they live on this planet? Yeah, we do. But it's just like Kamala Harris. I'll leave you with this. A billion dollars, she said, because of climate change due to floods. Folks, just go to the Wikipedia page for floods in the USA. I mean, way before the Model T, way before the Model T was even uh, invented, there were some major, major floods in the United States. You know what a lot of floods are caused by? It's upslope factors, downslope factors, but the biggest cause is coincidence. Usually warm rain melts heavy snow or a bunch of rain. It could be an atmospheric river that just stays up above and it just dumps water. There's situations where Places had 55 inches of rain in 20 years. It was like a 1 in 12,000 year event. Just coincidence. It's the weather. It's the jet stream. It's the flow. It's hot and cold air mixing together. It's when it snows. There's so many factors. And for Kamala Harris to just knock it up knock it up to climate change is it's 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 a lie. It's a total lie. I mean, the great flood, I mean, j just go on to the page for floods in the United States, 1900 to 1999. You'll see there's floods where 100 people died, 1400 people died. This is before a car even came out. There's no carbon emissions that are causing these floods. I mean, millions of dollars of damage. Um... It happens, folks, all over. And this is before we knew about, like, really good dam construction or, hey, we better make sure that this is uh, available for a 1 in a 12,000-year event. I mean, the Great Blank Flood. They happen all over, from Pennsylvania to Ohio to California to Mississippi to New England, Massachusetts, everywhere in between. Michigan happens all over. It's not climate change. The other thing is, I'll leave you this with a bad stat, where they go, oh yeah, the, 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 the damage from climate change has increased. Well, you know what else has increased? The number of homes and humans living next to the water. So people like to live next to the water. If you haven't noticed, if you look at the U.S. population distribution, it's really heavy on the coasts. Really heavy along rivers and lakes, Great Lakes, Chicago, Florida. Not a lot of people in the middle of Florida except for Orlando. They're on the edges. Jacksonville, Miami, Tampa, Naples, Sarasota, Pensacola. So more people living by rivers, more people living by oceans. Yeah, if a hurricane comes or a once-in-a-hundred-year flood comes, there's the potential for more damage. And guess what? Dollar-wise... The most expensive homes in America are located super close to the ocean. So you can twist these numbers however you want to make it look bad. But weather changes. That's for sure. It's not climate change that's causing the floods. That's about it. Teddy Roosevelt calling it a show. Episode 22. We will have Clinton Rary on in the next five shows. Talking about his tremendous, incredible, inspirational weight loss. Going to have a link to Forks Over Knives, the movie. I encourage everyone. I'm going to give people like five days to read it before I go in, to, uh, to watch it before I go into it. And I haven't watched it in a little bit. I need to rewatch it. It's been probably 10 years. So anytime you watch one of those movies, Forks Over Knives, Fat Sick Nearly Dead, it just gets you in the right mentality, right space. And it's one meal at a time, one decision at a time. You know, just deciding to eat a handful of walnuts instead of chips just imagine if you, you replaced um all your snack foods with nuts say you're big on potato chips pretzels everything you switch that out with walnuts pistachios and almonds 
What do you think that would do over the course of a month, three months, or a year? And that's the whole thing is these little habits, these little changes. And once you do it, it's amazing how your body starts craving the healthy stuff. You know, maybe the first couple days, oh, you want something deep fried. Um, no, after a couple days, you want a spinach salad with maybe a lemon vinaigrette. So perfect time for everyone to get on board. We still got a month of summer, August 2nd, bringing love and knowledge, truth, love, and knowledge. That's what we're motivated by here, folks. I don't have any hidden agenda. I'm not getting paid off by anybody on the side. I never even did anything with politics instead until COVID, really. But if your sense of what's right and what's wrong hasn't been tweaked or impacted over the last 26, 28 months, I don't know what to say. You're either an ostrich with your head buried in the sand and you don't want to see it or you're just you're you're gonna stay quiet and by the time you speak up it's gonna be too late i mean this is the time folks now is the time so please share this podcast with friends share the post with friends again we've got austin texas dot austintexastimes.com number one story austin journalist permanently banned from twitter for truthful tweet about covid share that this should be a national story austin journalist suspended from twitter for sharing the truth about covid um of course you can find every post not that one but every podcast at teddyroosevelt.substack.com as i mentioned many times before we are on spotify iHeartRadio. Tune in radio, Apple Podcast, breaking records. I don't know if it was Blue Canary's appearance, but ever since Blue got on the show, the stats have been just increasing. We had our first 150 visit day, what, July 23rd, and now we're hitting 100, 120, 130. Hey, it started off uh, back in May. Like 15, 20, 30. I didn't even hit 100 until end of May close. The Texas Bitcoin mining article. But like I tell people, anything creative, you just got to water it every day. You're making music. Make, carve out 15 or 20 minutes to learn a new chord. You're writing. You got to do it every day. You want to get better shape. You got to exercise every day. So anything that you have, you want to start a business, just put in 15, 20 minutes every day. Look who your, you know, whatever it is, file the LLC paperwork. Who's your accountant going to be? It's way better than saving it. I'm going to work four or five hours every Sunday. No, just work 15, 20 minutes every day and you will be blown away after 30 days. And I'm just saying that I'm preaching preaching to myself about that because I'm just trying to stay consistent with the show, with the podcast, and just trying to put positive energy out there, folks. Love, truth, and positive energy for my fellow humans. That's what it's all about, folks. Teddy Roosevelt signing off. Please leave some comments in the Substack if you like what you hear. And uh, if you want to come on the show, hit me up anytime. You can send me an email anytime, teddyrooseveltusa at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.